Welcome to Fresh Press for the 26th of November, 2019. My name is Gabe. My name is Andrew. This is a show about music where we talk about brand new tunes and grand old... I can't say that again. Yes, no, go for it. It's great. It was great last no, time. I, uh, no, but that can't be our thing because it wasn't our thing to start. Brand new grooves, Varnie. grand old... No, brand new... Oh, shit. Flags. That I'll save that for Flag Day. I don't even know what day Flag Day is. It's in June, right? I don't know. I was going to say July. <laughs> well, Andrew, you've given me another great segue. No, I'm because no, I sure haven't. Speaking of secular holidays, do you know what my favorite secular holiday is? Is it Christmas? Yep, that's my favorite secular holiday. No, it's Thanksgiving. When are we going to put the Christ back in Christmas? It's a good question for the Jew. But you know, I don't really you mean do fr- Christmas, You mean Jesus so. Christ? Well, either one, Jesus Christ, myself, what really is the difference here? Oh, God, we're not keeping any of this. We might. <laughs> I don't have any time to edit, so this is going to be raw. <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah, so Thanksgiving is Thursday, and this podcast is coming out on Tuesday, so naturally we had to do a Thanksgiving-themed episode since everything in this podcast must be timely. Yes, of course. Um, now, Andrew, I know that you are a foodie. So do you well, have a favorite Thanksgiving dish? I mean, yes, but I don't think it's going to work with the where you're going with this. I mean, go for it. Because it sure as fuck is not turkey. Well, uh, that's fine. What is your favorite Thanksgiving dish? Um, What is my favorite Thanksgiving dish? I would say my favorite Thanksgiving dish is pumpkin pie. And I know pumpkin pie is contentious, Um, but I think be. it's great. Pumpkin pie should not be contentious, especially well-spiced um, pumpkin pie. With lots of yes. nutmeg and allspice. Well, that's up to me this year because I have to make the pumpkin pie. Get fresh nutmeg. Great yourself. Yeah, I should do that. Anyway, it must be said that Thanksgiving is most well-known for its centerpiece dish, I'd say. The turkey. Colonialism. Oh, I'm sorry. The turkey. So our theme this week, Andrew, is going to be turkey. So Turkey has an illustrious history as a major world power for a good chunk of the past millennium, mm-hmm. although much of that dominance ended with the collapse of the Ottoman Empire following World War I. Right. But even prior to the Ottomans, the Anatolian Peninsula, or Asia, Asia Minor, uh, and the great city on the Bosphorus, Istanbul, once named Constantinople, were uh, widely influential um, in all realms of culture. And Turkish music has this very rich tradition with a actually really robust classical practice that I was looking up. Um, it's based around a series of scales and modes called makams. Um, so maybe you can help me out here, Andrew, because my musical theory is not nearly as strong as yours. But okay, in the you makam, say that after you've just used a word that I have never heard before in my life. Well, we're gonna try. Okay. You might be able to help me out anyway. So a makam. Uh, is like this scalar mode, and in them, octaves are divided into 53 equal intervals. Fuck. So I guess the traditional Western scale we think of as being divided into 12 intervals. Yes. Um, but not true here. 53? 53. And so in when we think of a lot of like scale? Arabic music or or Turkish music, there's a lot of these quarter tones, which are 
much more practical when you have far more divisions than the semitones or the half steps that we have in Western music. Um, this is might be a question you can't answer, but is any one song using anywhere close to f- all 53 of these? No, notes? I'd assume not. Although, honestly, I don't know as much as I'd like to. But yeah, it's. I think it's very interesting at least, and it explains some of the... Uh, the differentiation between the sound of Western music or classical Western canonical music and uh, Turkish music. Um, And on Wikipedia, they have a diagram of like uh, between two whole tones. So like the equivalent of between uh, the note C and the note D, for instance, right? So in Western music, right, we have just C sharp and D flat, which is really the same note, which is halfway between. But, in Turkish music, there's a whole range of various flatted and sharped uh, variations. And th- there even appears like the in Western music, we have like this double flat symbol. Well, in Turkish music, that actually represents a specific quarter tone between the two whole tones, which is pretty cool. Wild. Um, so naturally, with the Turks trading and being fairly involved... Uh, with both uh, of like the classical worlds, both East and West, right? Um, there's lots of influence from outside of Turkey um, in something, uh, a particular genre, if you will, of music that influenced a lot of Turkish music is Italian opera, hmm. which I think is particularly interesting. They have like a whole tradition that branched off from Italian opera in their classical tradition. Um, when? In the 1800s. Okay. I think like 1850s it kind of started in Turkey. Interesting. But, okay. Um, so in a lot of modern music, we see these blends of, uh, you know, Turkish roots and this makam scale system and the Western stylings that we as Americans are more accustomed to in our music. And so you can hear that in a lot of recent or popular Turkish music. So Andrew, what song from Turkey did you bring today? I brought um, a song called Kara Denise by the band Group Yorum, which is a Turkish folk and folk rock group that has been around for uh, many, many years, since 1985, um, and has had a lot of different members um, throughout those years, partially because um, they are very much a protest band, and so... Sometimes a whole bunch of them are in prison. Um, two of them just this past week have been uh, had a hearing and have been like ruled to that they will be released. Um, a bunch of them have been on hunger strike for a while um, in prison. They use a lot of their a lot of um, Turkish and Kurdish uh, folk instruments and um, use that influence a lot in their songwriting. Karadeniz yine yedin savrulur Karadeniz yine yedin savrulur So I could not tell you what this song is actually about. I I did try to Google translate it and 
I I mean, Google Translate is not great with Turkish. I don't know any Turkish people who could translate this for me. I could not find a translation online. And one of the lines in this song, Google Translate, it's it's three words long. And each of those words is at least, the shortest word is six letters. And the longest word is um, 10 letters. And Google has decided that that entire phrase means spruce or if it doesn't mean spruce an alternate translation is phosphorescence laid on her lap which sounds like way more poetic it's but beautiful there's a lot of stuff about nature here so i feel like it's more like the spruce <laughs> i mean it's possible i listened to a whole bunch of this group's music and i was really into the song cara denise um even though i can't understand it and i don't think it's direct, like explicitly political but there's there's almost certainly subtext that I don't understand with this terrible, terrible translation that I have. Um, but I just thought it was really interesting. Um, it starts with, I'm pretty sure some general MIDI trumpet sounds and some general MIDI string sounds sprinkled that throughout there. Although they work, um, right? They're not, yeah, they're it not works. pretending to be real trumpets, right? At the beginning. Right. Which is important, I think, if you're going to go with the MIDI sound. Yeah. But they also, they balance it with a lot of um, traditional Turkish instruments that I don't have a lot of familiarity with, but um, a lot of uh, Turkish string instruments. Um, I don't know how to say this word of the one which seems to be the most common, Um, but I'm going to try Balama. Yes, it has the G right. with the swoopy. Balama, yeah. I don't, I don't know how the emphasis works at all in in Turkish. So, so the other word for that I was reading is um, saz, s a z, which is oof, that would have been way easier to a say. A more generic word for the Turkish specific instrument. It's an instrument that uh, exists around kind of the western part of the Middle East, if you will. Yeah, and it's of a, t- it's you know, lute like. Um, it's like a lot of similar string instruments, um, sort of teardrop shaped body. But anyway, um, yeah, I really, it, it surprised me at first to hear the very like simulated sounding, uh, instruments at the top of this. Um, but I feel like the interplay between that and the real instruments, uh, really pulled me into the song. enjoyed some of the rawness of the vocals even without understanding what he is saying in the song yeah you can definitely i mean you can definitely understand the the feeling behind it and behind a lot of their music this is in turkish this particular song they do also um sometimes sing in kurdish which of course is not a popular language for the in the opinion of the turkish government right so this group falls into kind of a rich worldwide tradition of protest folk music 
particularly stemming from the left, um, in the face of right-wing governments, like the one we see right now with Erdogan in Turkey. Yeah, absolutely. What have you brought this week, Gabe? This week I brought Beer Off by Tuche Senol off her album Golgelerine. Uh, Tuche Senol is a female solo artist um, who works with a couple of producers, but primarily solo artist. Um, and this is her 2000, off her 2017 record. Golgelerine means the shadow in Turkish. Um, and so this song, I think, very much fits into that idea and the whole album, which feels like a Turkish film noir in vibe. The whole album has kind of this dark driving through the night, crime in the city vibe. Um I think I've described previous music as cinematic, and I think um, the whole album feels that way to me, and particularly this song. It's got a great opening bass line that's very moody, and uh, then there's a fairly synth-heavy uh, production with these like big um, chordal pads of synths, um, and the opening set of vocals are very restrained and um, mysterious to some extent. <laughs> So before I talk more about the instrumentation, um, I want to talk a little bit about the lyrics. Um, so they are all in Turkish. I was lucky enough to have a Turkish colleague at work um, by the name of Cenk. Um, so thank you, Cenk, for the translation. Much appreciated. Um, so he helped me translate uh, the words of the song. So I'll read off the English translation, um, which I think is very poetic. I heaved a sigh at the hills. I kissed the ground and held the sky. You were the never-ending slope. I rolled at nights. I heaved a sigh at the mountaintop. That manner is a complete punishment. When I thought it's finally over, here comes your smile. Oh, that smile of yours, a complete punishment. Oh, that smile of yours, a complete punishment. Damn. So I'm not normally a lyrics person, but her lyrics are very forward. And that opening, I guess you'd call it a verse, is uh, like sung in this kind of rapid rhythm. And then the ending part of it is this like big, almost wailing, um, vibrato-heavy, kind of almost mournful um, melody, um, which constitutes, I guess, a form of chorus. And she repeats this uh, series of lines multiple times throughout the song.
did you get into her music? Because this is an artist that you had you were already familiar with, whereas I had to research some Turkish artists to find the right one for this show. Yeah, so this album came out in 2017. And I've probably been listening to it for about the last year, maybe year and a half. I think I discovered it initially through the website Bandcamp. Heard of it. Yeah, a major source of interesting music. They have a daily blog that you can find, I guess, at daily.bandcamp.com. And they'll like put out every week some major releases where they'll highlight some interesting music that's on their website. And this is an album that came out and I was looking for new music at the time. And so I put it on and I was totally captivated by the sounds, um, which was so different from anything else I was listening to or really that I've listened to since. Um, It's got a very Western style rhythm section in terms of like the bass and the Western drums. But then it has these Turkish melodies and lines that um, are very unusual in my typical day-to-day American Indian music that I listen to. Um, And uh, the instrumentation, I think, is beautiful. Um, And I really like her voice. Um, I do want to point out in this song, there is, I was talking about the Western percussion, but there is also Turkish percussion, which you can listen for. Um, so it's a, there's a kind of goblet drum that I looked up. It's called a darbuka um, in Turkish. Um, Indian music has like a tabla. It's a very similar sound to that um, with a couple different vocalizations that the drum can make. So you can hear that under like some of the verse in this song. I enjoy sometimes reading the descriptions that artists put forth for their own records. Um, Again, kind of similar to the genre conversation we were having last week. Um, But she describes herself, or her label describes her as, her voice brings us closer to the mysteries and depth of the night, as if a drop of rain gliding down a misty window. That concludes the theme section of our show. Um, as you may be aware, we also showcase some new music that came out this week. Um, and this is specifically music that has been released in the last seven days um, as of the recording weekend that we do this. So if music were to come out on Monday, I'm afraid we might miss that. But still, I think we have some great music this week. Andrew, what did you bring that's new and fresh? Um, I brought a brand new track that came out on Tuesday when we released last week's episode. Um, and this song is called Yellow is the Color of Her Eyes by Soccer Mommy. So Gabe, you're you, you're familiar with Soccer Mommy. You're friends with Soccer Mommy. You and you and Mommy are friends. Yes, Andrew. Me and Mommy, we go way back, way back actually. Yikes. Um. Yeah. I actually uh, I saw Soccer Mommy 
in San Francisco um, at Bill Graham. Yeah, she kicks ass live. Super forceful presence on stage. I'm excited because do you know what I did today before coming home to record this episode? I'm guessing you went and bought Soccer Mommy tickets. Yes, I bought, I went to Long in the Tooth, great indie record store in um, in Philadelphia, and I uh, bought tickets to Soccer Mommy and also two other shows, but we'll talk about that at another time. <laughs> um, yeah, so if you are not familiar with Soccer Mommy, she is younger than us, which is always upsetting. Always upsetting. Um, yeah, she's from Nashville. Um also upsetting. She is. Is that upsetting? No, Nashville's a great city. Great music tradition. Okay. So she is, I assume, gearing up for a new album. I don't think a date is released for that, but she released another album, Lucy, like a month ago or so. Um, maybe two months. I don't know. Um, and then she just released this, Yellow is the Color of Her Eyes, which is um, a genre of song that I'm always into. Songs about moms. Here's a There's a quote from her that says, uh, the song was inspired by a time when I was on the road constantly and felt like I was losing time specifically with my mother. I do want to mention the first two lines of this song because um, I did a whole thing about words that rhyme with other words and what's good or bad about that um, last week. So I do want to mention that I love the first two lines of this song, which are the bright August sun feels like yellow and the white of her eyes is so yellow. It's in the cold place. Um, which maybe seems like it's hypocritical. Um, but it just, I, I don't know. I She sells it for some reason. I, I clearly don't like have knowledge of what I'm talking about, just feelings that I express badly. But I would say that this is good, whereas I still maintain that certain Coldplay things are bad. Um, anyway. I, I want to actually highlight that verse, though, because the four words that are rhymed in that verse, it goes yellow, yellow and then hollow and swallow. Uh, so yeah. hollow and swallow are like your very standard rhymes, but they all end in that same vowel sounds, um, mm-hmm. which is a cool, I guess, little trick of lyricism. Yeah, I mean, she does it in the, in the next verse too. She has memory heavy, which is, you know, obviously not an exact rhyme, but has the assonance, both syllables, and then slowly holding... Um, which also works, but again has that like e sound at the end. Um, yeah, it just it feels flexible and comfortable, and it, it makes sense. Um, and it she sells it, like I said. Um, another thing that I love about this song is in the latter half of the song. There's first of all great lyrics. Here's the here's the lyrics. Loving you isn't enough. You'll still be deep in the ground when it's done. I'll know the day when it comes. I'll feel the cold as they put out my sun. Damn. Again. <laughs> damn song. Damn. Yeah. Ugh. Um but then there's this there's this guitar solo which is Oh my god, yes, I was like going to talk about it. It's like kind of cheesy. It's pretty cheesy. 
right? Well, it's a pretty direct reflection of the vocal melody. But I mean, like the mixing and everything, like it, it all, the, all the, everything about that guitar sounds like pretty cheesy, but I'm like, I fully bought into it at that point. It comes, you know, like five or so minutes into the song. It's a pretty long song. Well, I think in a lot of this music, we've rejected the idea of like the guitar solo. And so when we hear a guitar solo in a song like this, even if it's not like an improvised solo, there's almost like this dismissal of it now. Like, oh, that's from a before time in music. It doesn't fit the current like ethos of how we produce songs but i think it worked well and i think this is exactly what she's talking about when she talks about how she likes her instrumentation on this song yeah yeah i think um yes what you just said about um that we've sort of done away or the idea is that we've sort of done away with the guitar solo um I think something that I like about this this particular guitar solo is that it does not give a shit about that. It's not like, yeah, we've done away with the guitar solo, but hear my new take on guitar solos. It's like, yeah, you like Guns N' Roses, right? Remember this sort of thing? And they just do it. Yeah, it's completely unpretentious. And that's why it comes across maybe as a little cheesy, but it's earnest. Right. It's earnest and it and it's the whole song, I think, complements it well. That I, I, like I said, I've bought into it at that point and, and I'm excited for it. Um, yeah, and I think the whole song is earnest, which is sometimes lost in this style of music where there can be a lot of irony. And Soccer Mommy is definitely, I don't want to say guilty, but has a lot of irony in her music. But this is pure, it's about a genuine fear. And the guitar solo reflects some of that purity. So, Gabe, what is your new track this week? Yeah, so this week um, I brought a track from Omar Suleiman called Shlon, um, from, which is the title track off of his new record that was released on Friday. And what's the title of the new record? Shlon. Okay, thank you. I, I did say it was the title track. I know, I just wanted you to say Shlon again. <laughs> so Omar Suleiman is a singer and a farmer um, from the Syrian village of Tel Tamer. Um, and here's his music. Shilon, ya wal shilon, imkahla jhoza laayun. Shilon, ya wal shilon, imkahla jhoza laayun. And what's that song called again, Gabe? Yeah, Andrew, this song is called. Shlon. Okay, so first off, I just want to say one of the reasons I love this song is that it's so happy and it makes you want to dance. It's got great rhythm. It's got great like soul to it in a way. Uh, and it falls into this tradition of uh, Middle Eastern dance, primarily out of Lebanon and Syria and um, 
parts of Turkey, um, kind of that area of the Middle East, called dabka, which is a form of line dancing um, that's primarily at weddings. Um, I looked up some YouTube videos of it. It's very dynamic and very cool. Um, and the music is similar to this. It's very upbeat. Um, and Omar Suleiman made his start as a wedding singer. So his music is meant to be dance music. And he blended this traditional sounding Arab dance music with club beats, I guess. Um, which is really cool. And I'm enjoying it immensely. Um, and it, his whole styling is wonderful. So he has this really kind of, he has this really unique figure. Um, he wears this red kafia and uh, sunglasses in everything he does, in all the performances he does. And uh, on the album cover of this album, Shlun, um, there, that's like just uh, an artistic depiction of him with his kafia and his sunglasses. And it's so distinct and recognizable among the other music that's come out. Um, he's on the Mad Decent label, Andrew, um, which is mm-hmm. Diplo's label. Um, yes, my friend, friend of the podcast, Diplo friend of the pod diplo um mad decent also has major laser on it of course because that's diplo's sort of diplo's group but it's this other major laser is a blend of caribbean and music and american club music um and you kind of have something similar happening with omar suleiman the other interesting thing about omar suleiman is um he has released somewhere on the order of 500 recordings Jeez. Um, so he's been doing this. He's in his late 50s. He's been doing this forever. He's only become well-known to uh, U.S. audiences, English audiences in the last maybe decade. Um, but every time he would do a wedding, he would make a recording, gift it to the bride and groom, and then proceed to then release it to a CD store which is a really effective way of putting out music, I guess. So one of the other reasons uh, I'm interested in Suleiman is he's from Syria, which obviously has been going through an enormous amount of turmoil. Um, during the early stages of the Syrian civil war, uh, he was exiled to Turkey. Um, and then he tried to get a visa to go to Sweden to play a concert and had a lot of trouble and it made international news. Uh, he ended up getting that visa and then playing at the Nobel Peace Prize concert in Oslo. Um, Fuck. Which is a pretty big deal. And it must be oh, crazy if you're just like you know, like a wedding band, like you're a wedding singer. Um, and then all of a sudden you're performing in front of thousands and thousands of people in Sweden. I think that must be jarring for anybody, um, but he's very much stuck to his musical roots um, and this very upbeat music. 
Um, I also want to talk a little bit about a couple of the collaborators that he works with on this song. Um, so he doesn't write the lyrics to his music. They're all written by one of his collaborators named Musa Al-Mardud, who really? sits in studio with him and the other artists and improvises love poetry. Damn. And has done this for several records. So there's, I think, six or seven songs on this album, and all of them were performed in that way where Omar Dude sits in the studio and just, like, spits out lyrics, which are then sung by Suleiman. And the other two important artists that he works with is the keyboardist Hassan Alo, um, who provides a lot of the techno uh, electronica feel underneath the music. Um, and then Azad Salia, who's a young man who plays the Saz, which we were talking about earlier, um, mm-hmm. also known as the Balama. So similar to Tuche Senel's music, this has this very obvious blend of Arab music over Western beats, I guess. Um and I've seen some things online where, you know, this is music that wouldn't be unusual to hear at a wedding in Lebanon. And it also wouldn't be unusual to hear at a club in East London. And I thought that was a really accurate depiction of what this music represents, which is a very cool globalization of music genres blending into one another and creating these fusion stylings. So, Andrew, did you see anybody good live this week? Since you're on a bit of a roll here with live music. I did. Um, on Wednesday, I saw Jessica Hoop with Chloe Foy. So I know Jessica Hoop, but I'm not familiar with Chloe Foy. I was not familiar with her either. Um, but she, Chloe Foy is a, uh, British singer songwriter. Um, she, I was surprised. It's probably because it was a Wednesday, um, but I showed up to the venue at about 8.30, which is when like the show began. And I was one of nine people in the room when Chloe Foy took the stage, and I felt so bad. That's an intimate um, experience. Yes. Um, but she was great. She, um, you know, just very, like, stripped-down, honest, um, direct songwriting which was really nice um and i feel like she's a she's a great voice um and i think her guitar playing really complements or um yeah complements her voice uh in a great way um yeah i had not heard any of her music before seeing her live but um i looked her up afterwards and um yeah, I would recommend the song Flaws. It's very good. It has a cool 
low open string chorus that I was very into hearing live. And then Jessica Hoop took the stage. Jessica Hoop is a um, singer-songwriter, a very good guitarist, um, really interesting and, like, complex musician. Um, She uh, grew up Mormon and uh, then left the church, um, I think, in her early teens. Um, And... I don't know a lot about her, but from what she was saying on stage, she was saying like, yeah, I lived in the Arizona wilderness for a while. And then I moved back to California and I um, found a a shack in an apple orchard inside a blackberry bush. And there was, when I walked in, there was a jar of urine and a used condom and I fixed it up and I started a band it's like okay, cool. That is so romantic, in like the yeah classical I mean, sense. What, of the word. Now, not the not the bottle of urine part. Uh, a little bit. Yeah. Um. She was also um, very cool. Tom Waits's nanny. Not what? Sorry, that sounds like Tom Waits's kid's nanny. Like she oh, was okay. employed by Tom Waits as a nanny. Still cool. Not quite as cool as being Tom Waits's actual nanny, which would be. No, she's not. Probably she's impossible. not old enough to be Tom Tom Waits's <laughs> nanny. But yeah, I have this really good quote from Tom Waits about her, which is so so good. Tom Waits um, says that her musical style is like a four-sided coin. She is an old soul, like a black pearl, a good witch, or a red moon. Her music is like going swimming in a lake at night. Thanks, Tom. Should I have done that in a Tom Waits voice? Uh, anyway, she was great. She was hilarious. Um, uh, really great live. All of her... I love all the production on her albums. Um, it's it's really complex, and there's a lot of layering. And um, But then I love seeing her live, where it was her on guitar and vocals, obviously. Um Chloe Foy, who played keys and some, like, a little guitar and a little bass when necessary and sang harmonies. And then her other friend, whose name I can't recall and I can't find on with a cursory uh, search, but her friend who sang and played a little guitar and most mostly played the frame drum, which I love watching someone play a slightly in- uncommon instrument that at first blush you might think is very simple and very basic and is very simple in its construction but can be really like complex and so interesting in the way that it's played yeah particularly um, with percussion frame drum is one of those instruments yeah um yeah i was i was surprised when there was like no drum set on stage and she just got up there and it was her and then there was a woman sitting down with a frame drum and i was like okay where is this going to go and it went great it's awesome. That's where it went. Uh, yeah, it was super cool. I it was that was definitely like um, got like chills at multiple points during that performance.
So, in other news, uh, Grammy nominations, Andrew. Yep. Yep, that's it. Um, <laughs> there's also new Coldplay, uh, which I haven't listened to. I think the big record release of interest this week was that Beck released a new record that I've listened to like the first half of, and it's weird and good. I think I like it. I think I like it. I'm not sure yet, but I think I like it. You know how you're not sure when you sometimes listen to it? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so that's our show for the week. Um, Thank you for listening. You can follow us on Twitter at FreshPressedPod. Um, You can check out our website at FreshPressedPodcast.com. We've got a playlist of our music on Spotify, so you can look at the show notes for a link to the music um, if you want to listen to the full versions of all these songs. And things are going to be a little different for our next show. Um, We will still be releasing on December 3rd, uh, but due to the holidays, I will be out of town and unable to record a fresh episode, so we're going to do something special for next Tuesday. So still check that out. It'll be great. Um, but it's going to be a little bit different. We'll see you next week. See you then. Bye.